Hey, this is Carl. Are you struggling to replicate the bugs and performance issues customers are reporting? Plug Raygun into your web and mobile applications right now and diagnose problems in minutes rather than hours. Kiss goodbye to having to dig through log files and relying on frustrated users to report issues. Make your software development life so much easier using Raygun's error, crash, and performance monitoring tools. Every software team can create flawless software experiences for their customers with Raygun. Try it free today at raygun.com. If you've had automating your ASP.NET deployments on your to-do list, now's a great time to give Octopus Deploy a try. The starter edition lets you install Octopus on your own infrastructure and deploy to IIS web servers, Azure websites, and pretty much anything from Node to Kubernetes and they just made it free for small teams. Give your team a single place to release, deploy, and operate software with Octopus Deploy. Find out more at octopus.com. Welcome back to .NET Rocks. Hey, where we are, it's still April 14th. How are you, my friend? Hi. We, it's been a long time since you and I have recorded a bunch of shows back to back. I'm, I hate to tell you this, I'm really enjoying it. I am too. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even have any whiskey. No, no. I don't. Well, it's, you know, it's later for you than it is for me, but. True. Uh, I'm not, I'm just, I'm still in the drinking tea part, part of this, but yeah, you know, the, when we were doing three shows a week. Four recordings in a day were not that unusual, but at one show a week, we just don't need that many shows. Right. It's true. I'm uh, drinking Gatorade Zero. Wow. With some added electrolyte drops. Yummy. Yummy. Not. But yeah, I get. Yeah. I appreciate you taking your electrolytes, man. They'll keep you healthy. Yep. And uh, in my vitamins and all that stuff. And your, your, your vitamins, you're getting all Scottish on me. Right. Well, anyway, let's get going with Better Know a Framework. Awesome. Roll the music. All right, man. What do you got? What I got is something that everybody probably has this feature, but nobody knows about. Okay. What is it? It's the clipboard history in Windows 10. Hmm. So hit the Windows logo key plus V. And you'll see a thing pop up and it'll probably say Can't clipboard history. history not enabled. Yeah. Would you like to enable it? Say yes. Okay. All right. So now just paste a whole bunch of things into your clipboard. Well, Pictures, graphics, files. You know what's pasted text. in my clipboard now as soon as I turn it on is the link to this. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm doing show notes. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, then you have this super clipboard where you can go back through all the things that you've copied to your clipboard and then paste them wherever. And here's the other cool thing about this. You can share your clipboard items across your Windows 10 devices. Excellent, because I have several sitting in this room. Right. Go to system uh, settings, system clipboard. Choose automatically sync text that I copy under sync across devices. That's cool. So, if you're assigned in with the same account on multiple devices, guess what? You automatically see the clipboard across all of them. Yep. And I've already got a mouse without borders because... Yeah, me too. I've got a bunch of PCs here and mouse without borders just lets me go from one side of the table to the other, one side of my desk to the other. It's really great. And that does clipboard sharing, but now it's even easier. That's awesome, dude. You know what? This is super useful. Like very. And and it's it may not be a framework, but it is something you should be using. Absolutely. So who's talking to us today, Mr. Campbell? Uh grabbed a comment off of show 836. Wow. That's 2013 for those doing the math. Seven years ago. Jeez. It was called Rob Reynolds Builds Chocolatey. <laughs> 850 episodes ago. Wow. That's too long. And that's, I think that's the first time, I think we, Chocolatey was mentioned in another show, and I'm like, I better go get Rob and talk about Chocolatey properly. Yep. And so, yep. sure enough, you know, there it is. And when you know it, lots of great comments on this show from seven years ago, hmm. uh, including this comment from Stephen Ball, who says, great show as usual, guys. I've been playing around with Chocolatey for a couple of days now, and I'm quite impressed. He's impressed with the seven-year-old version. 
of chocolate. <laughs> but that was seven years ago. Right. Besides the obvious Linux inspiration, command line driven package management, the lack of bloatware, it all stood out in my tests. For example, I downloaded a free image editor from the creator's website. The installer not only installed the image editor I wanted, but also silently installed several online shopping toolbars that I didn't want. <laughs> After removing the toolbars from a computer and updating the image editor several days, the bloatware was back. Man. Yeah. Seven years ago sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly enough, the same engineer was available on Chocolatey, so I thought I'd give it a try. The installer ran just as it did before, but only this time, it was just the image editor I wanted it with no bloatware. Yeah. Although it may not be the main functionality of Chocolatey, I certainly appreciate being able to install and update software on my computer without having to worry about the installer adding extra junk. Right. Which is awesome. And I probably should have shared that comment with Rob ages ago because... It's one of the reasons, many reasons his product is super cool. So, Stephen, thank you so much for your comment. A copy of Muse to Code by is on its way to you. And if you'd like a copy of Muse to Code by, write a comment on the website at .netrocks.com or on any of our social medias. Well, specifically Facebook, because we publish every show to Facebook. And if you comment there and I read on the show, we'll send you a copy of Muse to Code by. And definitely follow us on Twitter. I'm at Carl Franklin. He's at Rich Campbell. Send us a tweet. Hey, Richard. What? You know what my favorite chocolatey is? What kind? Nougat. Nougat chocolatey? Okay. Nougat. You're going to go there? Get it? Yeah, okay, I got it. Uh, I'm sorry. I took Rob's thunder there because that's actually that's, what it was named that's after. His line. It's yeah. sort of an you answer to Nougat. Totally stole his line. All right. Well, let's, let's bring him on so he can uh, officially chastise me for making that joke. <laughs> uh, Rob Reynolds is a developer turned founder. He's been involved with several highly successful open source projects related to automation in the Windows ecosystem. Rob has over 14 years experience in infrastructure automation and modern automation approaches, something most folks simply call CICD and DevOps nowadays. Rob is the founder of Chocolatey Software. You may or may not know Rob personally, but likely you've heard of Chocolatey, a package manager for Windows. Welcome back, Rob Reynolds. How are you? Good. Wow. It's been a long time. Seven uh, years, my friend. Seven years. Wow. Yeah. So, Chocolatey was a baby back then. Now, it's like... It was. It's like my middle child. So. Yeah. And not, yeah, not <laughs> where it is today, which is sort of like, if you don't have this, you're crazy. Right. Yeah. So... Maybe Choco Ops or Chocolate Ops, something there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chocolate Ops. No chastise. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Automation Ops. Automation Chocolate Latte. I think Richard is into uh, Scotch Ops. Yes. Scotch well, ops. Uh, some of us are more oppy Scotch than others, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow, yeah, seven years. Uh so much has changed in that time. Um, yeah. How do you even how start? You yeah. How do you? All right. Let's start with this. Let's let's assume nobody has used Chocolatey. So you and you have a new Windows machine. You really want to install all your favorite softwares on it, and now you have to go download everything and get the new versions and upgrade and do all that stuff. And why not just make packages for these things and install them? Uh, and then with one keystroke, boom, everything gets installed. Is that pretty much the elevator pitch for Chocolatey? That, that is definitely the elevator pitch for Chocolatey. Uh, additionally, with that, uh, once you've set everything up, you can also use Chocolatey to keep everything up to date. Right. Uh, yeah. So even if you're not building out a new machine, getting Chocolatey into your life means a whole lot of patching gets a lot more organized. Yeah. So what about commercial software that I may have to activate a license for or something like that. You know, maybe I have the Adobe suite. I'm, I have uh, Visual Studio obviously needs a license and I want to install the latest versions of those. It, does, the, does the software that you install have to have uh, a chocolatey, uh, what do you call the package available or can you make your own packages from whatever software you want? That's a great question. Uh, so yeah, you can absolutely make chocolatey packages for really anything. Uh, it doesn't have to be an installer. Um, that's kind of the beauty of it. Any software you're going to put on Windows, whether uh, that comes in the form of something that comes out of a zip, uh, comes out of an installer, uh, comes out of just uh, you know some binaries that you might be building internally, um, or it can be registry keys or files or whatever. Uh, you can wrap that up in a chocolatey package and distribute it that way, uh, whether internally. 
uh, on your own box or maybe out on chocolate.org where we have the, the community repository uh, if it's something that can be shared there. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, anything that requires a license typically can still be wrapped up in a chocolatey package and then you just either add the license as a parameter that comes into the package if it has to be passed to, say, the installer or after it's installed, you would go and start that license like you normally would. So what if there's like a latest version that has to be downloaded and who knows where that comes from, the web somewhere? How do you handle that? Ah, so typically what uh, folks are doing, if they're coming off of the community, all the packages that go up there uh, onto that community repository, those packages go through a vetting process. So mm -hmm. when a new version rolls up to them, uh, it doesn't go live immediately. It has to be validated, uh, verified, checked for safety and security. We actually... Uh, partnered with Virus Total to do all the, the testing of the, that stuff to make sure it's somewhat safe. Uh, and then there's a human that typically gives it a bit of a, uh, a look over to make sure, you know, all of that's good to go. And there, there's nothing uh, crazy there. It's meeting some of those minimum quality standards before it ever goes live. Mm. Uh, as far as how those are kept up to date, some people will do that manually. Uh, other people uh, will use some of the tools uh, that are out there um, for people that are familiar with maybe... Um, Monkey and uh, Max, uh, they have something called Auto Package, Auto PKG. Uh, on, uh, for Chocolatey, what we have is something called uh, AU, or Auto Updater. And so they're writing a bit of PowerShell uh, that says, hey, uh, say Google Chrome, go over here and look when there's a new version of that. Uh, go over to Google's site, grab that information about the new download location, all that pump it into the package, build the package, run a test on it, push it up to the repository. Okay. Uh, the AU framework can do all that automatically. So the, the reality is that whoever owns that software and is pushing new versions sort of has to play nice with, with Chocolatey and the tools. Uh, not necessarily. Uh, as long as uh, that new version is, is published somewhere, it can be repackaged back up and, and put up. Oh, Okay. The only time we run into issues is when installers don't play friendly with uh, automation or, or unattended installs. Right. There yeah, are still right. ways to deal with that. Uh, on the community repository, you can't do much more than work with what's there because somebody may not have the right to distribute it. So it's going and getting the original installer from the official location. Yeah. And then auto hotkey to kind of plug in those parts or turn off windows that might pop up and sit and kind of block forever. Uh, Internally, when companies are using Chocolatey or, or, or other folks, um, they can use things that, that uh, kind of record the installer, uh, MSI, uh, MSI recorders, I'm trying to think oh, of the name of them. And uh, that's what they get at the end. They get a package that, uh, or an MSI that they can put in the package and deploy. Um, that can't be done on a community repository, unfortunately, because uh, A, dis redistribution rights, uh, right. and B, how do you verify the authenticity of, of that software um, Sure. when you're going to look at those remote sites? What about the Windows updater? You know, how does this come, how do you discriminate between the two? Because the Windows updater does a bunch of stuff here. Yeah, so uh, you can actually package up Windows updates uh, as chocolatey packages. Um, right. Our recommendation is typically to use what works best. Uh, if you have hundreds of Windows updates, going and packaging them all up and then trying to figure out how to target them to different systems and all that may or may not be the best use of, of one's time. Right. Uh, but you could absolutely do that. Uh, we recommend instead maybe use WSUS or WSUS as some people yeah. call it. Or I've heard WSUS. I'm not yep. sure. There's <laughs> <laughs> a different term. What'd you call me? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a way to, to, to make sure those things stay updated, right? It's kind of use the framework that's in place. I mean, that's very much an IT mindset of I don't want Windows auto updating its own stuff. So I pump everything through WSUS and I control it, you know, as an IT guy rather than, than deal with letting individual machines do it. But it also helps my network not get stressed out on Tuesdays, like that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. But. But I, I always, you know, of course, we naturally tend to think of Chocolatey from the I'm building out my machine and here's a, a, a set of packages to just make it easy to get it back to a known state. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's typically when uh, somebody's in that, uh, a developer, right? Yeah. Uh, are typically coming from that concept of I'm going to rebuild my machine every three or four months or 
uh, whatever, uh, get a new version of, of uh, Windows 10 and start to kind of redo everything on there. Because it's easier to rebuild the machine than it is to shake off the cruft. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so they, they work on provisioning scripts. And yeah. a really good tool that works with that is called Boxstarter. Uh, and uh, Matt Rock actually was on the show at one point. I think mm-hmm. might have been talking about Boxstarter. He, uh, he did, yeah. yeah. We, we, yep. That was, we that was in 2015, that. yeah. Um, and kind of development of that is uh, he gave that uh, box starter to Chocolatey um, and that continues to be a, a free tool and that was our, our um, thing is we would, we would take that over. We took it over in 2018 and, and uh, uh, he basically said we're going to keep that free. Um, nice. So folks can use that. Uh, they can build their box starter scripts as uh, you know, GitHub GIS or, or other PowerShell type scripts mm. to be able to, to rebuild machines, be able to run through all your Windows updates with that and, uh, you know, set some of those uh, lingering things on Windows that are a pain in the butt. Right? And, and if I remember correctly, Boxstarter's magic was getting Windows set up on your machine so then you could run Chocolatey to get your software loaded the way you wanted it. Uh, possibly. I think once you have Windows on the box, that's where Boxstarter comes to play. Oh, I see. So you still get this question of how do I get Windows on the machine? Like if you're really going bare. You're really going bare. Uh, there are definitely tools out there that can start from that point. Um, there's one called Packer uh, that's been out there for a while. Yeah. Typically Packer is used when people are building, you know, AMIs uh, or uh, vagrant boxes. Or, uh, acronym police, AMI. What's that? Uh, I believe that's Amazon Machine Images. Yeah. Okay. Uh, today I learned. Um, <laughs> good stuff. But there was also Vagrant, right? Like Vagrant played a role in that. And Vagrant, right? So I think Packer came as a way to very quickly build your Vagrant images, but it turned out you could just build images, VHDs, uh, Hyper-V images, pretty much anything you needed with it, and then put it to all those particular places. Right. You know, your website had me at the little uh, animated demo of a console app that said, uninstall Flash Player. (laughs) <laughs> Choco uninstall flash player you must get a lot of people saying yes if I can do that <laughs> downloading that right now everything I need everything I need I'll be so much happier when flash is off my machine I don't know I actually haven't had flash on my machine since Clinton was in office nice I've heard of flash before mm. not really remember yeah, what, what is this is. flash you speak of <laughs> Now, our website got a bit of a revamp last uh, September. Um, we, uh, well, I think since the last time we talked, we went out and started a whole company and uh, kind of brought some commercial options to Chocolatey. And uh, with that, we've been able to kind of build up that longevity of, of the tool, uh, mm. kind of become self-sufficient. Nice. And uh, you know, we were able to get people that actually knew how to make the web look nice, like you know, us developers that, that were already on the team. <laughs> mm. It's cool. But and I appreciate you've, mo- you know, you were an o- seven years ago, you were an open source project. It seemed like a great idea, but how are you going to live? And in the intervening seven years, you figured out how to live. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think shoot, it was the year after. I think we had a Kickstarter. Uh, we started thinking about options for both developers, both for sysadmins. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've kind of moved from there. Uh, the Everything has continued to increase in popularity, which has been phenomenal. Uh, you know, fantastic community out there and that's that's been i think that's the, the important the best part. part but also yeah. you you've you're still taking care of us open source folks who are ha- you know that love the free product and it does the things we need it to do but commercial interest they want to pay for something and get support for it and have confidence that it's going to survive so you've solved the problem like you're serving both audiences yeah uh, i think uh, the biggest thing for us was figuring out you know, what makes sense for people to pay for? What can we give people that we can't give them for free? Right. Um, that's where some of those features went into the commercial side. Mm-hmm. Right. Chocolatey for business. And chocolatey for business. Yeah. So there's chocolatey professional for people that want to use the community repository or your developers, uh, but they want to have a little bit more stability. Right. Uh, and with that, one of the things we have is, is a private CDN so that, uh, let's say, that link for Google Chrome goes away and some chocolatey package, if that uh, underlying software that would have downloaded is sitting on that CDN. Hmm. Uh, it doesn't break for those folks. Right. So they're protected. 
They're protected. They're also getting the package that was moderated that went through um, the virus uh, total checking and everything as right. well uh, when, yeah. during that moderation. Yeah, that's worth $100 a year. Like, I totally got it. Sorry, $96 a year. Wow. It's a very specific number there, Rob. <laughs> it, was, it was built on the idea of $8 a month. Um, yeah. So it's easy math. That's very fair. $8 yep, a month fair. for eight ma- up to eight machines of your own. And we used to say two coffees. Two coffees. Two, two coffees, coffees a month. month for just not worrying about building a rebuild your machine on demand or any of your multiple of your machines. I, I appreciate eight. Like that's a number I look at and go, yeah, not even I have eight machines I need to build out. <laughs> I, I'm going to throw out a name here. I hope he doesn't mind. But uh, uh, the guy's name is uh, Ryan Coates. And he at one point goes, I got this many devices. Can I put this on all those or do I need to buy multiple licenses? And I was like, it's a professional license. It's for you and the devices you own. Uh, he was like, well, can I put it on all these? I was like, you know, if you need a specific number, let's throw a specific number. On. Yeah, it, it's good <laughs> that you set a line just for just tell us. There's a point where you should switch to C4B, and if that line is, I have more than eight personal computers, dude, you're a business. Yeah. <laughs> you should pay, you know, per license. That's fair. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sitting in a room right now where there are four machines I should be running this on, right now, and I haven't gone upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I can count three down here. Mm-hmm. But more, just the sense of more, I am doing right by you using more than, on more than one, that it's still fair. That, that says a lot. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. What else do we need to know about Chocolatey in terms of things that we might not expect it to be able to do? One of the really interesting things that it's always been able to do that people are always delighted to learn is um, if they want to install something from... Uh, web PI, web platform installer, mm-hmm. or some of the other things like DISM, uh, Windows features, uh, you can do that with a special modifier to the source, right? Uh, and you just say, Choco install IIS. Uh, I think it's IIS or web uh, dash IIS account and call. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can just dash dash source and you say Windows feature. Wow. It has been a while since I ran a web PI. <laughs> yeah. And that, that would be WebPI, and it would try to install that package uh, to do that. Okay. But yeah. Does Visual Studio have chocolatey packages? It does. Yeah, Visual Studio has some chocolatey packages. Visual Studio nice. Extensions have some chocolatey packages. Uh, Visual Studio Code uh, has chocolatey packages along with some of the extensions. Although, adding extensions to Visual Studio Code is it's pretty painless. Easy. Yeah. So, I imagine most people will uh, create a bunch of uh, a script to install the extensions they want for that. And then they'll run that in a special chocolatey package that they store somewhere, maybe on disk. Um, right. How often is it the vendor making the chocolatey extension versus a member of the community making <laughs> making the, the chocolatey package? I'm actually not sure of the statistics at this point, but right. we started to see a shift uh, probably about year five. We're on, we're on year nine, so in order to put things in perspective, mm-hmm. where... Vendors started approaching us and say, hey, uh, I, there's a chocolatey package on this uh, community repository. Can you tell me about that? And uh, we kind of walked into the process and started getting them set up where they could actually offer their own, uh, you know, take over those packages and start pushing when they have a release up there. Uh, it's a wonderful place for people to actually discover software. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm looking for like, you know, I need a PDF reader. Uh, I might think Adobe, but I might think, you know, Foxit, or I might think of some other tool. Right. But I can actually go up and, and do a search. Search uh, PDF reader those. and just get a list of packages, right? Yeah, without a lot of uh, ads or, or crazy stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're not, one of the, you're not Googling this. You're actually going directly to these are the packages available now. Well, the browsers <laughs> now support PDFs natively, don't they? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just a, it's an interesting point that this is a nice place to look for software because right. it isn't trying to sell you anything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, it, that, that's a great thought. Like, this, that's just uses as a search engine for software. Mm-hmm. We've had people ask, hey, can we put ads on your site? And that's just never been our thing. No. I know, I know you hear about this. Well, if, if they're not selling you ads and uh, they're not trying to sell you a product, then you are the product. Yes, yeah. That's not necessarily the case. If you're not here. paying for the product, you're the product. We, we <laughs> do have a product. Right. We do. We do have a product, uh, but uh, we do have that open source stuff that's available too. And it's, it's a really good uh, 
set of utilities uh, that come along with that. Well, and that was the comment that Steve Fall made, right? Was here is this tool that he really wanted. And every time he tried to get it, he got covered in bloatware. Yeah, that too. Until he got it through chocolate and he just got the product he wanted. Another really interesting thing there is uh, one of the things that chocolatey does uh, as a security type thing is if it goes out and it downloads anything bare, bare URL, so bare HTTP, right. God forbid we still have that, but it's out there, um, it requires a checksum. Hmm. It actually won't install uh, that piece of software uh, without checking it against a, pack- a, a checksum that was included in the package. Hmm. So it's, it's a bit of a third party uh, I guess, verification. But if you think about it, we also take that checksum, uh, which takes that original URL, and uh, as part of the moderation, we submit that up to virus total. Oh, okay. Hmm. So we, are, we already have a good idea when you're going to get that. If you're getting the one from virus that has been checked against virus total, uh, you can feel a little bit more comfortable, right? So, uh, yeah, I guess another really interesting thing about that community repository is we're actually the, one of the biggest submitters of Windows software um, to VirusTotal to get checked. If you look at, at what VirusTotal does, they're, they're trying to help make uh, virus engines be more accurate, so you right. get a lot less false positives and other things. Um, VirusTotal has a lot of search, uh, a lot of systems that are up there that are kind of hyped up, so they're doing some crazy algorithms for checking these things. So when we start to see positives and we see more than say five positives on something, it raises an eyebrow, right? There are certain uh, algorithms, uh, certain types of systems out there that I think flag on every Windows PE that you put up. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But I, I also appreciate auto-updating like this or package manager like this is also a huge malware vector. So you don't want to be a cause of distribution of malware. We don't. We don't. So um, Now, there was a, an issue, what was it, two years or three years ago now? Uh, where something got hacked and on their, I think it was Audacity or something, uh, put in like a little boot rewrite thing. And unfortunately, um, that chocolatey was package was also affected because it was going to that original distribution point to get that. Oh, man. So they mm. get exploited and you propagated the exploit. And because it was coming through chocolatey and that particular package, some of the others already had a checksum on it. It wasn't required at that point. Right. That one didn't, and so that one was affected, uh, which within one week, we turned on that and said, sorry, we were planning to bring this feature in nicely and make it easy and let all y'all folks know. Yeah, now we're doing it right now. We don't have a choice. We're turning it on right now. You got one week. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) But yeah, we're not going to, now that this exploit has worked, it's going to be used again, so we're fixing it now. Basically. Yeah, no, it's a a tough reality, right, to sort of deal with that, and I appreciate that because it really is... The alternative is you're asking each of us as consumers to go and check all of these things ourselves, and we're not going to do it. Yeah, most consumers will just go get it, and yeah. if it breaks the machine, they just build the machine again, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. We try to, we try to eliminate that that necessity for them a little bit because uh, well, it's not just uh, as you think about chocolatey. We think about chocolatey. You think we had developers, uh, sysadmins, but we have chocolatey GUI, right? So you have a, a kind of a UI, uh, and I been told uh, that there are a lot of people out there that uh, are developers or whatever and they go to their families and they actually set this up for them so they have a way to kind of keep their stuff up to date as well that's awesome so there we never think about it maybe there's mom and pops out there uh, or folks that aren't necessarily technical that are using chocolate but there are um, and, the, and the GUI makes that a lot easier yeah we've made it a lot easier with that, that GUI yeah but I just love the idea that, that people are living then in a machine that only has trusted packages on it like you're just cutting out a whole other class of malware for, for regular mortals. And that, you know, for us as technical people, that's just saving us pain of phone calls because <laughs> we are all tech support for our families, inevitably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, guys, I got to take a break one moment for this very important message. Hey, it's Carl and Richard here to tell you that all of the NDC conferences this year are going online. You can still attend the workshops and sessions, but from the comfort of your own home. Here's what's coming up. NDC Oslo is June 8th to 12th. So go to ndcoslo.com to register. NDC Minnesota will be September 8th through the 11th. Go to ndcminnesota.com to register. NDC Sydney is October 12th to 16th. Early bird discount for NDC Sydney ends July 12th. So go to ndcsydney.com to register. 
Check out the full lineup of conferences at ndcconferences.com. And we're back. It's .NET Rocks. I'm Richard Campbell. That's Carl Franklin. We're Yo. talking to our friend Rob Reynolds about the goodness it is chocolatey. We haven't talked about nougat at all. <laughs> you guys keep it on. We're uh, we're just trying to keep up. Uh, they put out so many good changes, and uh, yeah, we just need to get upgraded to a newer version at some point yeah. so that we can take it on some of those uh, additional changes as well. Nougat has come up in conversation in the past few shows. It does seem to be maturing. It, it is. It's also getting maturity problems, right? That I mean, mm-hmm. look at this two point two million packages in Nougat. Uh, package versions out of 200,000 unique packages. Like, holy man, that's just a lot of stuff. I was going to say, we have, I don't even know how many. I have to look. Yeah. A lot. Oh, here we go. We're up to almost a billion installs wow. since we put this thing up in 2011. I want to say September 2011 is when we hoisted up the community repository. But 7,500 community maintained packages. Mm-hmm. Man, and you name me 7,500 pieces of software. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's just, it's just a lot of stuff. And that's just, uh, oh, it automatically includes the stable versions only. I appreciate that default. I'm not, you know, I have to go and select betas if I want them. Uh, yeah, this is just a place to get software. And the fact that you could help regular people with it too, I really appreciate that. That's really a cool thing to do. All right, guys, you'll be happy to know that while you were talking, I installed Chocolatey and mm-hmm. then installed Paint.net. Oh, so Paint nice. is now being managed through Chocolatey for you. Paint.net, yeah. Paint.net. Yeah. Uh, it's an open source uh, sort of uh, Photoshop-ish thing. Paint.net is one of the few Wikipedia entries in the world that mentions .NET Rocks. If you go a long time ago, and yeah, so sitting in sitting in the Paint.net entry on Wikipedia is a reference to the show. Does .NET Rocks have an entry on Wikipedia? It does not. I don't think Chocolatey does either. No. I would and, be pleasantly surprised to learn otherwise. Yeah, and you, you can't really <laughs> add one yourself, right? Like, it's got to be added by someone else and ultimately accept it all around. Does it really? Yeah, you can try, but good luck. Huh. Uh, It's, uh, you know, Wikipedia has sort of gone the way of Stack Overflow, where there's a handful of people who sort of decide what lives and what dies. And if you're not one of those people, the chances of you bringing something new to Wikipedia is low. Hmm. I've uh, been through that for a while. The bar for creating new entries is very, very high. Oh, there it is. Yeah, in uh, I just pulled up the Wikipedia post for paint.net. And in the further reading, there is Rick Buescher on paint.net. From uh, 2007. Wow. Oh, there you go. Long time ago. Show 229. The link still works. Rick's hey, headshot doesn't awesome. work, but the link still works. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. Two hundred, show 229. Long time ago. Should we talk about this from a DevOps perspective? Like, if you, how do you, do you, or do you need to include chocolatey in the deploy pipeline? I think it's definitely an option and it's a really good option mm-hmm. uh, when folks bring about DevOps or, or, or tooling that they're going to use in modern automation scenarios. And they're not talking about Windows. They're always talking about those package managers. Right. Right. So when you come to Windows uh, and you look at, uh, you know, without chocolate, there'd be a lack of a package manager. So uh, it makes that modern automation scenario much more difficult. Right. So to really ease that out, uh, you really got to have a good foundation, and that that foundation comes, you know, in the form of a sweet tool. Hmm. Yeah, and and something that you, is command liney. Mm-hmm. So when I'm building out a, 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 typically, I would imagine a VM in this scenario, right? Would you really use it in containers? You could, yeah, you could absolutely use it with Docker uh, and other types of containers as well. Yeah. Right. So, but it's you you wanted some software installed as part of the work stream uh, uh, of building out an instance of the application. Yeah. And so you use Chocolatey for that. You, you use NuGet for software packages or for, for, for libraries and things, mm-hmm. but Chocolatey for apps. Yeah, that's a really good distinction between the two. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the way I've always thought of it. Yeah. And it, everything powered by PowerShell? Uh, well, a long time ago, uh, when we last talked, uh, Chocolatey was completely written in PowerShell. In 2014, uh, we started rewriting it 
um, to C sharp, right? Okay. And we've kind of deregulated how much of that where, where PowerShell kind of comes in. Uh, so there's some command hooks where PowerShell gets used. Hmm. Chocolatey has its own PowerShell host. So okay. it can control that entire PowerShell process. That's how it does some really awesome stuff. Like, uh, for instance, if somebody were to put read line or, or prompt for choice or something into a chocolatey package into the PowerShell script, that's actually not a blocking call. You pass the uh, uh, minus Y switch um, in a regular PowerShell session. That would sit forever. Nice. Right? So but when you're trying to deploy in a headless environment, you may not have somebody there that's actually going to be answering that question. So it needs to work. Yeah, you need to be able to protect that. So it has yeah. a dependency on PowerShell, and I can invoke it from PowerShell. Absolutely. Right. Uh, did you switch to .NET Core? Like you see the rewrite to C Sharp was 2014, so that's sort of just ahead of Core. Have you moved to Core? We haven't yet. That's a, that's part of what we'll be looking to do. Gosh, I'd love to say this year, uh, but it, if it is this year, we'll just be getting started on it near the end of the year. And I don't know uh, how you make plans this year with everything being different, right? Like, everything's a bit crazy this year. Yeah, yeah um, right. Not that things were crazy already, uh, but yeah, so... But the, 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 the possibility of core brings up the idea of what will this do on Linux? Absolutely. Uh, when it was rewritten, it worked with uh, Mono. Uh, how the heck you pronounce that nowadays? I don't know. Mono, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mono <laughs> we can mono. go. I think everybody knows what we mean. Yeah. Uh, it uh, has worked in that area since uh, 2015 when we, we finally released that new new version. Um, and more recently, we've made it work with newer versions of, of Mono so that uh, folks can continue to get that goodness. Uh, right. Really interesting. Um, I think it was Netflix wrote an article about using chocolatey in, in their environment and how they kind of set those things up to, to prepare windows. And, and uh, they talked about two things specifically, and one of those was chocolatey, which was really interesting. Because um, isn't there an equivalent to chocolatey in the Linux world? There is. Uh, so chocolatey comes on off the shoulders or on the shoulders. Uh, chocolatey stands on the shoulders of giants, right? So those package managers that you see in the, the Linux platforms and, and, and sorry, POSIX platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, like um, dpackage or, or apt-get, as we like to call it, um, yum, uh, or RPM, uh, which is now called DNF. Uh, so I don't know what DNF actually stands for, uh, but I knew what uh, yum stood for. <laughs> it's kind of funny because that one was called yum. If you're like, why do you call it chocolatey? Well, you know, um, uh, Red Hat, they call it yum. So. <laughs> yeah, we can be chocolatey. We can be chocolatey. And the great thing is once people have heard the name and they know what it is, they never forget it. Right. Uh, love it or hate it, you never forget the name. So I think that's uh, been tremendous for marketing uh, for us. Well, the chocolatey nougat line never fails either. <laughs> yeah. Nougat. Uh, it's a it's a it, it's a good name and it does stick around. But yeah, I definitely. Uh, uh, oh, there's the blog post from Netflix about using chocolatey. I will include that in the show notes. Yeah. So uh, Justin, I'm going to mess it up. Justin, Justin Phelps. Phelps and Manuel Correa. Yeah, he brought about. Uh, a pull request for Chocolatey a while back for building out a uh, Docker image uh, with Chocolatey built uh, with Mono, right? So it was, uh, it was a, something we were necessarily looking at, uh, but it, it looked really interesting. So, uh, of course, as, as good stewards, we definitely brought that in. And uh, that's uh, been one of those really cool things that people don't always know that you can do with Chocolatey. Now, it's not going to manage really uh, software on non-Windows. I mean, that's where you want to use uh, AppGet, yeah. RPM, and all those other things. Um, it's going to give you uh, the ability to kind of manage your chocolatey packages without having to necessarily build up a Windows server, log into a Windows server to, to, to create those packages or maintain them, which, you know, in uh, a lot of areas uh, where people are doing DevOps, typically... DevOps was brought to Windows, and the uh, system admins basically are in heterogeneous environments. So they right. don't just support Windows; they also support these other environments. And so, a lot of times, their uh, let's say daily driver wasn't wasn't Windows back then. Uh, nowadays, with WSL on, on Windows 10 and, and in other areas, I think you're seeing some of them kind of rolling in and, and being on Windows environments, yeah. which is really cool. And doing your Linuxy thing through WSL and, and tools like that, mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, it's interesting to see that sort of flip flop between the roles. 
at the same time, you're also seeing a ton of .NET Core running on Linux, especially for cloud instances and, and, in, and in containers. Like I still don't think can Windows, <clears throat> containers for Windows is up to snuff compared to the way containers work on, on Linux and running .NET Core. So it, yeah. it is interesting to think about how Chocolatey would play into that because in the end, that's very much an app gap for a lot of the configuration there. And when we thought about it, um, it's a, it's no small undertaking. Anybody that's uh, went out there and has tried to, to build a package manager that can be the one package manager across all systems yeah. uh, or across, uh, let's just pick three Mac windows and, um, uh, let's just pick with Ubuntu and, and uh, Debian, yeah. um, or, or maybe even the, the Yum environment. They've said, you know, uh, it, it's a big undertaking for, for them. Right. Yeah. So they haven't gotten so far, um, no, you're, I mean, you're basically writing different package managers and just happen to living under the same common hopper, right? The, pretty much. The ways for installing software is just too different between the operating systems to really have a whole lot of commonality. Yeah, and I think the only way to really get it right is to have something that kind of shells out and manages those other things yeah. uh, in a way and then knows how to interface with those different different tools, right? Uh, but the big ask that has been out there is, is there one packaging type that I can have that I can deploy to all these different things. Right. Not necessarily the thing that could be an interface that, that kind of works with all those other things. Um, that's where it gets really interesting. That's the part that's really hard to get right because you've got different types of file systems, right? And yeah. How do you kind of manage with those? And, uh, you got to kind of have the knowledge of, okay, this is where people put things uh, you know, in the, the Linux file system and this is where people put things in the Windows file system. And then how do we adjust permissions over here? Well, it's in right. Windows, it's All mostly tackles, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Difference between an Ackle and a Chmod. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I get your point, right? And inevitably what it would be is, oh, it's a Windows package manager trying to do Linux versus a Linux package manager trying to do Windows. Like, can you really be great at both? I, and, and what does it really buy us? If you if you could simply build different versions for the different platforms and you identify at the beginning, oh, you're going down the Mac path, here's the version for Mac. Mm -hmm. And it calls the respective Mac tools as opposed to, you know, you're going down the Linux path. There's really need to be one. People aren't struggling too much with iPhone install or Android install. Uh, yeah, it's a tough line. It's in, and yet the worlds are clearly colliding. I think if somebody were to think of like, here's a framework that I can use. And when I press the button, just like with Packer, it would generate my AMI, it would generate my uh, Vagrant box, it would mm -hmm. generate my VHD. Uh, and then I could take that to those respective things. Uh, but coming from the core, I had one thing that I was doing to build that packaging. Uh, there is a tool out there that does for uh, different uh, Different package managers. I don't believe it works with Chocolatey yet. Uh, it's called FPM, uh, which is short for Effing Package Managers. And they have a one. <laughs> it's, it's built by, That's funny. Built by Jordan Sissel, and it's got this wonderful thing. It says if, if FPM is hard to use, there's a bug in FPM. Right. Uh, <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. So, so what's next? What are you uh, What are you working on right now? So, one of the things that we've been doing uh, is uh, trying to help provide things to, to make things a little easier for folks, uh, especially organizations that are, are now dealing with. I got a lot of people that, that I now have to support working from home. How do I do that in a secure manner? Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, we've had some tools that have been able to allow that to happen for a while, uh, but now we have. Uh, people in a compressed mode or constrained mode where they're saying, I'd really like to look at your infrastructure to do that. But how do I do that when I only have like, you know, 20 minutes or, 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 or something a day yeah. uh, where I'm not running around like crazy. Right. And so one of the things that uh, we've been building and um, it's last check, I think it's, it's just about ready to, to come out and it's, it's called the quick deploy environment. And so, what we're giving folks is an image that they would basically download and import into their architecture uh, that would have all of the chocolatey recommended architecture. So this is very much towards businesses that are suffering. So those sysadmins out there that are trying to say, hey, uh, I, I really want to get this implemented, but I just don't have the time to give me something. Uh, and they would do that. And then uh, what they would do is they would get that thing started up and there's a script on it, they would just run. And it would kind of re-secure everything, you know, uh, for that particular environment. 
and then they would be able to just use that, right? And it's going to come with a, a certain amount of things on it. Uh, that's something that we've been building. Uh, we actually had some plans to put something together, and uh, uh, you know, this whole COVID thing has kind of compressed that down to, to kind of making us go do that right now. Yeah. Uh, so yep. that, uh, we can get something out there and into the hands of uh, folks that need it. Uh, that's that's been a big thing. Uh, we've done a few other things that, that have come about with this uh, whole COVID-19 thing, trying to just kind of make things easier for folks that are out using our frameworks, uh, framework, sorry. Um, and look at other things that we can do. Uh, a member of the team said, Hey, uh, how about this polling at home thing? Can we do that? Uh, and so we just put up something on the, the page that has a link to our, our team, team, hmm. uh, team count. So you can do folding at home, with the chocolatey team. Nice. Uh, you can yeah. join our, our team out there and, uh, participate in that. Um, my, I'm told it won't slow your computer down at all. Um, that came right off of, uh, folding at home documentation. So I won't take responsibility for that statement. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you go to chocolate.org slash COVID, uh, C-O-V-I-D dash 19, that'll bring you to the page that I'm talking about. Um, and uh, a couple other things that are really interesting that, that we've been working on that, that we're going to continue to work on um, is uh, we have uh, something called Chocolatey Central Management. Uh, central Management uh, is something that allows... So if you got open source chocolate, you got a package manager, right? So you are able to see, here's, I got some packages on this system, I got packages on this system, I got packages on this system, right? So you got your three boxes or whatever. But in your organization, you're like, okay, can I get like some report that shows me what I got everywhere, what's out of date, all that stuff. How can I better manage that environment? Um, that's where things like uh, having something central that all of these different boxes could be providing information to, uh, that you can get a good view of, you know, how that software and your infrastructure is, what's out of date, what do I need to do to get that updated? Uh, one of the things that uh, we think it comes a bit more complete with is when it's able to actually uh, manage those systems, not just get the reporting in, but also turn around and actually uh, uh, run PowerShell uh, to update those systems in some way. And it doesn't just have to be, say, chocolatey packages I'd be managing. Uh, I would have some sort of solution that would allow me to target those systems and say, let's get them updated, right? Uh, and this uh, isn't meant to replace anything like uh, configuration management. So it's not meant to go out and replace like what you're doing with, say, Puppet, uh, Ansible, uh, Chef, uh, SaltStack, or any of those other tools. This is, is more of something to come alongside that and give you the ability to, to do very targeted types of things. Like, I need to take down uh, a website, upgrade the database, and then uh, I can upgrade the website code, and then I can turn that website back on. Those are very, uh, that's very operational in a significant number of steps. And it's not all against like one, one Windows system, right? Uh, if you're doing things correctly, you've probably got about two or three web servers over here, your database servers over here, or database servers. And then um, going through that process of getting them all shut down and uh, doing that is, is sometimes considered, uh, it's a small undertaking, let's say. Uh, but trying to do something like that coordinated effort uh, in a very, uh, easy and approachable way. Um, we don't think there's a lot of tools out there. Uh, we haven't found one that can do a very good job of that. Right. And so what we've been building is a way to really do that easily. Because one of the things that we're really good at at Chocolatey is taking these really hard concepts and making them very approachable for just about anybody. Right. Yeah. Nice. Rob, one of the things that I want to um, mention, and there's probably a thing for this, you probably have the answer, is that when I installed paint.net from PowerShell and you have to go to command line with uh, admin privileges and then run PowerShell and then do the chocolatey thing, um, it asked me, I had to confirm to install other sub packages that it needed to install, you know, run the script, yes, no, whatever. There's sh I'm sure there's like a silent install option, is there? Oh, uh, yeah, so uh, you would pass minus Y, uh, and then that would be your, your confirmation. If you wanted to turn it on globally, so you didn't have to pass that, uh, you could just set that uh, feature flag. I think it's like uh, allow global confirmation or something. Uh, if you run Choco feature, you can see all of those. Cool. I knew there was an easy solution to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first thing I'm going to do. Because the whole purpose of automating is so I don't have to sit there and press buttons. 
I don't want to press buttons. Did you ever hear Mark Miller talking about his idea? I think it was on Mondays about the install buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, Carl, I've got this really great app called the install buddy. You know, when you're installing stuff and you just want to hit next, 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 this thing just hits next for you. <laughs> Install buddy. Yeah, well, you know, do we read any of those things? You just keep clicking next till we get to where we want to be. Right. It's like default, default this, default that. Yes, yes, yes. Accept this EULA. Uh, looks good enough to me. Click. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, man, this has been uh, fun catching up with you and congrats on the success of Chocolatey. And I hope uh, I'm, you know, I hadn't, I got to tell you, I hadn't used it before today and, you know, I had heard of it, but... I'm anticipating, uh, you know, bringing a couple new machines online pretty soon. So I want to get used to to doing this. So thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, great talking to you guys. Uh, I would say if you do run the issues, uh, going along with that great community is we have places you can go and actually say, hey, I'm having a problem with this. And a wonderful community out there that's going to say, hey, this is all you need to do uh to help kind of guide folks along uh as you go uh and very cool we have some links on the website for that so great if you do run into that i think it's like chocolate slash support and it links off to the mailing list links off to uh gitter uh, and some other chat resources and stuff like that fantastic thanks again rob that. all right and we'll talk to you next time on dotnet rocks .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in september 2002 and make sure you check out our sponsors they keep us in business now go write some code see you next time got a van by the fcc yes i'm a dog